Hello everybody, my name is Tina and I am a certified life coach. Welcome back to the Pursuit of Confidence podcast. Let's get to it. Hi everybody. Today I want to share with you a little bit about my time being homeless and jumping around from place to place and not working and really just not understanding what life was. I never had the imagination to make a life I wanted. I never thought to myself, hey, what if I just did this and saw what happened? I had mentioned that the doctors really advised me to stay home with my daughter because they were unsure if she would walk or talk. I really didn't have a plan. I didn't ever have enough money to actually save, and by the time she was born, I didn't have a car. I did live with her father and his family for a couple of months, and I would take the bus to her appointments, and I would do my best at understanding what she needed from me. Around this time, my brother's girlfriend's sister had given me a little car, and it was just what I needed. I was able to get my daughter to her certain doctor's appointments and specialists and certain state agency appointments that I had made in order to get benefits for us. And during this time, I had found out that my daughter's father was actually in a long-term relationship with another woman. I had answered his phone at his sister's place where we were staying, and she just started talking to me. I guess she knew about me and had told me that they were together for some years, and she even mentioned she knew everything about my daughter. It was just so surreal to me, because him and I were supposed to be together. I had a ring on my finger, and my daughter had his last name. We were supposed to be figuring things out. He was my first love and the father of my baby. How could he be in a 10-year relationship with this stranger? Of course, growing up in the unhealthy environment that I did, I didn't approach hard topics with maturity and reason. I approached this with anger, resentment, and fury. I was a screamer, so I screamed and I yelled and I felt very justified in my rage. I mean, him and I used to have so much fun and we seemed like we were meant for each other. But I knew that he would always be someone who needed a few women in his life, and I just couldn't be one of them. So we tried to co-parent for a couple of years, but he couldn't handle my daughter's needs. He was ill-equipped to be a father, and I had to let him go. I didn't chase him around, nor did I go after him for child support. This just wasn't a fight I could put on my plate. I needed to figure out other things in life, how to get out of being homeless and getting food for my daughter and all of her medical issues. So I went to live in this motel on 8 Mile in Detroit and her dad did coming and visiting us for a while and he tried to help with what he could. I mean, he would bring me dinner or cigarettes or whatever and he would play with his daughter for a little bit and that was just how we were comfortable together. He would visit for a minute and be gone for days at a time. But I didn't really care, though. I was literally lost in my life and how it was just so hard for me. And I used to think to myself, why did I have to spend every day in stuffy office buildings, either telling someone why I needed help or listening to what was wrong with my child? I felt isolated and alone. My friends could never understand. The other moms around me had no clue and my family was nowhere to be seen, except Nathan and his girlfriend. They were constants in my life, 
But seeing that made me feel I was missing out on something. And that made me feel like maybe I wasn't worth anything. That maybe life had me living this life because I truly was garbage and a maggot and a food stamp queen. Just like my father told me that I would be. So after about six months living in the motel and just trying to make it work down there and trying to make everything come together, um, not understanding what my next step was, not understanding where I would end up. But about six months I lived in the motel, I was able to start sleeping at my sister's in her basement. Her and her boyfriend had this small house in Ferndale. It was a couple blocks away from where my brother was living with his girlfriend. And her landlord actually lived next door. So I wasn't allowed to actually move in. So I would spend my days either at appointments or like at Nathan's house or just driving around. Um, my daughter would nap in the car. I, I, I would just be, you know, finding things to do. And at the end of the day, I would go sleep at my sister's house in her basement or on her living room floor. And my daughter, she was growing and she was doing good. I had a few missteps, though, like the address that I had gave the state agency was at my ex's family's house where we were staying. And they wanted me to change all that. So I was trying to figure out how I was going to do all that, too. But then a few months later, I found out that I had this friend that I used to babysit for. And she got a divorce, and she could use someone to help with her three kids. So this was an amazing opportunity for me. And it was a really enjoyable time for me and my daughter. This was actually when everything started turning the corner for me with the things that I was doing. So we loved living with my friend and her three girls. I was able to give the state an address for all of my benefits. I was still able to have consistency with my daughter's doctor's appointments. My daughter was able to be social with other kids. I was able to be like a pseudo mom to these little girls that I loved so much. And me and my friend, we would stay up late and gossip and watch movies and smoke and just kind of hang out and be together. And during the day, I was able to babysit my two nephews for my best friend and my brother. And I was able to let my daughter's father come visit us too when he wanted and so it was here that I was able to go and get my GED. My friend found this community night class that offered the course. And she would watch my daughter during the day while I went and I worked it out perfectly. I studied and became aware of the fact that I really enjoyed learning. And so I enjoyed this schoolwork so much. I passed with flying colors and I was so stinking proud of this. I told everybody that I came in contact with. I mean, just saying it out loud gave me such a thrill. I mean, who would have thought me getting a GED? I, I mean, just months earlier, I was stealing food and living in a motel. I was so proud of myself. Still to this day, I feel that pride when I think about how hard I worked for that. So I was living there, and um, my friend that I was living with, she knew this other person and he was a manager at the um at this pool hall and he was hiring people for the kitchen and I told him how I had worked at Boston Market for five years and how I enjoyed that type of work he saw me with the girls that I was living with and how I love to clean house and take care of things and just have things just so and so he agreed to hire me 
I worked for him for almost six years. He was very good to me and my daughter. I was able to get my best friend working there too. Her and I had so much fun. We would watch each other's kids, work together, and then go out clubbing together. I mean, we we had a ball. This time in my life was full, and it was busy, and I was happy. But soon, I would find myself living in another motel. And this time, it was the Red Roof Inn right up the street from the trailer park that I was living in with my friend. She had came home, and she told me that she decided to move in with the man that she was in a relationship with. So me and my daughter, we had to pack up and go, and I didn't have anywhere to go. So I was living in this motel for about a month, and my older sister called me at the uh, hotel, the motel, the Red Finn, and she told me that her boyfriend had left her, and she needed someone to help her with the bills. So I moved in with her, and it worked out pretty well. And now she had moved to Royal Oak by this time. And so I told her, in order for me to be able to work and help her with the bills, I would need her to help me with my daughter at night since I worked night hours. I worked from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. And she said that was fine because she worked during the day. So she watched my daughter at night when I worked, and she worked during the day. She didn't have any kids, so my days were full for my daughter. And so this time was when I started utilizing the Royal Oak School District's early on program for special needs kids that I was told about years earlier from my daughter's doctor. And this is where I really began to take shape as a mother for a special needs child. Because this is where I would go once a week. So they had my daughter come in three days a week. But one of those days, they had us parents go to a different room and they would give us handouts and feedback and PowerPoints. And all of us there was learning how to be parents to our special needs child. Here, I met other moms. But again, I would feel alone and isolated because these are moms that were married and they had a life together and you know, they had cars and bank accounts and all the things that come with, you know, normal, quote unquote, normal life. My daughter also had to have these really complicated surgeries. And I kept all this to myself. I didn't tell people. I didn't want to feel like a whiner. I didn't want to feel like people had to, you know, help me. And so I was like, okay, this is going to be me and her. And we're just going to get through this. And so she, my daughter, my baby, she is such a trooper. She is such a good girl. Today, when I think back to those times, I'm still filled with such pride and love for her. She is so strong and so beautiful. I mean, we had to go downtown to Children's Hospital for this huge reconstructive surgery. And it was about a 14-hour surgery. And I had brought her Barney stuffed animal and her Barney music that was on tape for her. And she would just lay on me and listen and rest. And I was just so full of pure love for my daughter. I wanted everything to go away for her. I wanted to make everything okay for her. And so I just, I literally stayed at the hospital day in and day out. I didn't care where I slept, how I slept, what I ate. I was just there for her. And she stayed for a few days down there. And I, I stayed with her. I didn't shower. I didn't leave. I just... And she literally is the best thing that has ever happened to me. Having my daughter 
and teaching her and learning how to be a mom to her. That is the one mainstay in my life that has completely changed me. And it helped, and it has helped me grow throughout these years. And it's helped me become a softer version of me. It's helped me become a stronger version of me. And so now that I'm here, I don't look back and say what was. I don't look back and say what could have been. Because I know without these experiences, I wouldn't be who I am. And my daughter wouldn't be who she is. So I'm grateful for these experiences in this time in my life. So after she had recovered, me and her father, were, we were still kind of figuring out we, how we would, you know, approach the co-parenting thing. And he didn't want to watch my daughter while I worked at night. And he still wasn't really helping me with her care. But was, she was getting older and she really loved him. And I didn't want to exclude him because, you know, she just, she wanted him so much. So I let him just decide whenever he could come by or whatever random day he called or whatever it was he could offer. And so she started seeing that he wasn't around as much. And I don't know if it really computed with her because I don't know how she thinks, but I do know that she doesn't understand everything. But she would ask for him. And when she did, I simply would just tell her, I'm sorry, honey, I chose the wrong guy to be your father. And of course, she was too young to understand this. I mean, she was like three, four years old. But still to this day, that's what I tell her. She's 23 now, and I still say that to her. She doesn't ask about him anymore. It's been years. But that's what I've told her, that I just chose the wrong man to be your father. And she'll even repeat that to me. And I've never told her the real thoughts I have about him. And I never told her how, you know, the, the feelings that I ended up having for him. Because really, that's just, it, it doesn't matter. None of that needs to be on her plate. She doesn't need to be burdened with those thoughts. I don't need to be burdened with those thoughts. I haven't thought those thoughts about him in years. Because when he was around, he loved her. He just didn't have the capacity to be her father on his own. I accepted that then, and I accept that now. So let's go back to living with my older sister. When I was living with her, this allowed me to enroll in college. One day, she got a flyer from the local community college, and I looked at it, and I said to myself, I wonder if I could do this. So I called the college, I packed up my daughter, and I went to see the enrollment advisor. They were so helpful and laid everything out for me. I was feeling like I could really make a life for me and my daughter. I was thinking that I was really capable of this change. And so I was able to contact the state and get them to help me with daycare. And I enrolled in my first set of classes. Oh, I was so excited. Because remember, I just got done with my GED a little while earlier. And I really liked the way that school thing felt. The books and the learning and the thinking and the questioning, it really, it just resonated with me. And I was just so excited for it. And so my first set of classes, I took uh, typing and medical terminology. And I was just, I was so hell-bent on learning about my daughter's medical diagnoses. And I was really interested in understanding what her doctors were telling me and what they were expecting for her future and for my future. 
But I also learned that I needed to start saving for my own place. So my sister's life was getting big and her and I were going in different directions. And I thought to myself, what am I good at that I could do during the day while my girl is in school that I like to do? And so I thought of house cleaning. I went to the library and I printed this Word document with like this little picture of a mop in a bucket. And I made like 100 copies at, uh, I think it was Kinko's or something. And I walked around the neighborhoods and I passed them out. I was able to get five clients. And those five clients helped pay for my life. Me coming every week cleaning for them. And I was cleaning houses and I was going to school. And I was still working at the pool hall. And it felt really good to be moving forward in my life. My daughter's father was, was around less and less, and my days were full from everything else that we were doing. And I was doing okay. I had a little bit of money saved, and I had this folder that I had some old bills in it. From the past few years, I had accumulated some debt. My apartment I had with my sibling, it had the unpaid utilities and the past rent. And I had a few parking tickets. And my daughter's doctors sent me to collections for some of the office visit co-pays I didn't make. So one night I sat down and I wrote like 15 checks out. I literally couldn't even believe that I did that. I was so, so happy with myself. I mean, I just paid off all my debt. That feeling was so refreshing and so cleansing to me. I never liked owing something, and I was so thrilled that I was able to make the money to pay those debts. It felt really, really good. So what I did was I picked up the day's paper, and I looked in the classified ads for an apartment. I said to myself, if I can pay off debt, then I can start to move out on my own. I found this little studio apartment right up the street from me and my sister, and I called the next day. And guess what? That man rented to me with no background of credit, no reason to trust me. I was so grateful to him for giving me a chance. This was a real shot at me finally making a life for me and my daughter. It was the perfect size for us. I was still in Royal Oak where my daughter's bus could pick her up, where I could go clean my houses, go to school, and still see my sister. So, me and my sister, we had like our lives kind of intertwined from living together, going to the same bank, we grocery shop together, and I helped her out with her dogs because she was fostering dogs then. And so since I moved out, I could no longer work nights because she couldn't come and babysit my daughter. So what I did was is I quit the pool hall and I found a nice little office job working at the financial aid department at my college. And my daughter was thriving at school and daycare. I studied all of her medical records, and now I had a foundational knowledge of what her issues were, and I could be better suited for her. She learned to walk around 18 months old, and she started talking around 8 months. So she was a bit behind, but she did it. And at her school, she was getting all her needed therapies, and her developmental doctors were proud of her advancements. And so me and my sister, we were able to kind of like go our separate ways. And I was really happy with my cleaning clients. I had my little office job. I had my schooling. 
My relationship with my daughter's father had come to a complete ending. I no longer heard from him or saw him. I didn't concern myself with it. And I was just putting all that behind me. And so I had my relationship still with my brother and my um, best friend, his girlfriend, me and my older sister, although we went our separate ways, we still kept in contact. We were close. But I didn't talk to my younger siblings because my younger brother, the one right behind me, he was out in Florida living his life. And then my little sister and brother, they were living in Illinois with my mom. And we didn't really talk either. Like I didn't, we didn't have a house phone and we did communicate through mail though. We would, we ended up being pen pals for a little while, but, but this was around the time that I was feeling like something was missing. Like I was constantly feeling like crap, feeling like I was worthless. I was always thinking to myself how unlovable I was. I was always thinking to myself that something was wrong with me. I felt like something was missing inside of me because my child was born with issues. I was exhausted all the time from working two jobs, going to school, taking care of my child, running a small little household, and feeling like I wasn't doing enough in all of this. So what I did was is I found a state-funded therapy session. And I started going to therapy once a week. This is when I found the strength to look at my relationship with my mother, my father, and everyone around me. And I looked at those relationships very closely. And this is when I found the bravery to confront my abuser. So next week, I will go deeper into this part of my story. But for now, that is all for this week. I want to thank you all for being here with me while I open myself up and be vulnerable and honest with you all and vulnerable and honest with myself and i really do hope that you all find encouragement and love in my story please leave me a review to let me know how you are enjoying our time together come find me at coachwithnolan.com and let's get coaching together i hope you all have a wonderful week and i will talk to you soon okay bye bye